The following is a conversation with Maxim Bogroff, a.k.a. Hot Sauce, a musician, educator, content creator, and all-around creative person. Max talks about his journey from theater acting to playing the band with me, becoming a college professor and a digital creator who is active in podcasting and video game streaming. Afterwards, we'll have a special friend, Coco from San Diego, to join us on our new after-show segment, Music Retrospective. For those just tuning in to Pepe and Ibra for the first time, I'm Pepe, a.k.a. Joanna Glass, and Ibra, a.k.a. A. Perez, is my bandmate, and we are professional musicians in a two-piece rock band called Glass Spirits. This podcast will have guests who are musicians or professionals in the music and entertainment business. They'll have music tips, discuss issues in the music industry, what inspires them, and their creative process. Our current schedule will be to publish each episode every week. We have all the episodes filmed and in the can, so you'll definitely get one episode every week coming to you. If we get a positive response, we'll have a second season, so make sure you like, comment, rate, and review this podcast. The theme of this season is Voyager. Many of our guests have come from all over the world or their transplants from across the country. And the voyage doesn't have to be physical. Many of them have had emotional and spiritual voyages as well. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give it five stars and leave a good review on Apple Podcasts. Support us on Patreon and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or our website, pepeandibra.com. Now, without further ado, here's our conversation with Maxim Bulgroff. I always screw up like this intro, but I usually do like two, three takes. And See, then I can guests, do your intro. Don't worry. I can do I know. it for you. It's uh, like the guests are always just sitting there like looking at me. Anytime. Okay. So don't make me crack up. Okay. So welcome to another episode. Okay. No, no, no. I don't want to do it that way. Hold up. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pepe and Ibra. I am Pepe, a.k.a. Joanna Glass of the rock band Glass Spirits. And today I have with me here a very special guest, so dear to my heart. I know I say that about everyone, but <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean it um, uh, because there's some history here. Um, our guest with me uh is a person with so much perseverance and is so creative and is so passionate about everything he puts his mind to. And um, I was in a band with this person and he's gone on to do so many amazing things. His name is Max Bugroff. I wouldn't say amazing things. <laughs> it's just <laughs> things, it's like random things that I just end up doing. Oh, come on. Take a compliment. <laughs> like... right, I'll take a compliment. <laughs> yeah. It's been yeah. a while, too. I don't think I've seen you in a long time. The last time I saw you in person was um, at a city college. 
and uh, at the admissions office, I was signing up. Oh yeah, for, yeah, yeah. But Dude, I'll, that's so random. <laughs> but I'll, I actually want to um, go through like our meeting history and how uh, we know each other. Okay, so yeah. um, a long ass time ago, um, I was in a band with this other violinist and um for whatever her personal reasons uh she had to leave the band and so i was like okay um we have a drummer um who's still with me and we both want to play music and like that's gonna go off like every hour <laughs> by the way it's a, it's a nice little beat yeah um it's, it's so annoying i hate it okay anyways i just like say the last thing over so um, we still have a drummer and we uh, needed or would have liked to have another musician and violinist with us. So I hop onto Indaba. <laughs> Classic website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, I put our samples up and everything. And I just remembered you as soon as I sent the message, you answered right away. And I was like, oh, OK, that's very speedy of him. And that's wonderful. That's still true today. <laughs> Like I answer fairly quickly for the most part. It's those fast typing fingers. It is like actually, like I get back to people instantly and they're like surprised. It's like four a.m. They're like, "Why are you responding? Why Why are are you you typing?" Yeah, this is on you, dude. You wanted a response, and so um, yeah. And uh, from then on, okay. Actually, I remember I met you at your acting studio or your theater studio lee was lee strausberg theater studio? Yeah, yeah yeah and you were there um i don't even know why you were there i guess you were i think i was probably working to be honest working like, at that time i was i was working at a couple different theaters so there was one in it was like burbank or something i forgot what the what the exact place was called um but i was also working at the lee strausberg theater and film institute because I, I went there when i was a kid so from like 2000 uh, one or something until like 2009. I was e- I was either a student there or I was working there, involved in some way or another. So I was doing like lighting design and production work uh, for those places. Nice. Yeah. So when you went when you <clears throat> met me, I was probably just doing like a show or something. Yeah, and you, uh, yeah, you had like a window of time to jam, and <laughs> and it was you know I I look back at it and and chuckle and look back at it fondly because it was just like um i didn't have any notes i didn't have any like things transcribed wasn't at a park um oh okay Uh, i I had a feeling like i but i don't know why i kept thinking like i met you at the studio or maybe picked you up and we went to a park i I think you picked me up okay yeah because at the time i didn't have my license okay yeah and so um yeah yeah we we did went we went to a park and i filmed you (laughs) because i film everything (laughs) and where is this old video (laughs) i have it i have it it? i still have it i I still have it i actually want the video okay yeah it's so cute and um because it's (laughs) you were so young it was just we were so full of hope and (laughs) (laughs) all gone now all the hope is gone now it's disappeared It's dissipated. It's like my health just declined in general. Well, you know, don't feel bad. I'm in that like uh, insulin resistant, you know, <laughs> category. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, when I watch like old videos of us, when I have to like look for something I yeah. need, um, then I run into like us at, playing at that cafe. And I'm like, damn, we were skinny. Yo, yeah, for, oh, for real. That cafe video, I think is still really good. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's one of my favorite Yeah, videos. you played so well. But anyways, okay, so back to the timeline. Okay. 
So we were at a park at jamming. A park, jamming. I and I then I was a fire. <laughs> but it was amazing because I didn't bring any notes. And then I was just playing some ideas. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of like did everything by ear. And then you didn't write anything down. And you just memorized everything. Probably out of like, you know, a survival Yeah, mode. probably. <laughs> Honestly. And then you were talking about like your Russian teacher a lot. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and um, yeah. And so and then from then on, we had rehearsals, we had a show and then we played a bunch of like different cafes. And then um, the drummer left and then you and the bassist at the time mm-hmm. like went off to like go to college and adult <laughs> it was good and I, and I was glad I was psycho and videotaped everything so I did I'll like send you like a google doc with all the links and stuff yeah. so um so uh I called you up or I hit you up on messenger yeah <clears throat> and I was like I was like yeah can you just play these four notes <laughs> these four literally four notes <laughs> And then it was like six, I think six notes actually. Yeah. And then um, I was like, okay, th- and you did it real fast because you were, um, you were doing the Mobrov yeah, project yeah, yeah, at yeah. that time. Do you do you want to talk a little bit about Mobrov? So and- Mobrov was like, it was, I don't know. I've, I've gone through like a couple of different variations of that same thing, but it was ultimately just like a place where I could try to create some music, but also DJ. Um, and I mean, I didn't really push it beyond that. Once I came back to SoCal, I just kind of went back to doing other work. But it's always I'm always kind of like going back to some variation of that project. Um, I put out like two songs or whatever, but they were kind of like silly little electronic songs. Wasn't oh, I liked it. Snow yeah, Keys. Yeah, and Snow Keys, yeah. um, Like you did a remix for Laura Valle. Yeah. And that, that sounded really nice. I, I think it was okay. I think looking back on it now, I was like, Man, I could have probably done better. But at the time, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, well, that's growth, right? So, yeah, honestly. <laughs> well, um, you know, I mean, I'm not like an electronic music aficionado. I mean, I like like electronic music, but it it seemed like you had talent in that. Should you want to put your energy into that? But um, yeah, and so I hit you up because I know you were I knew you were already recording, and <laughs> you asked me like, "Hey, why?" <laughs> You're just like, um, "Hold on, let me turn this down a bit." Sure. You're just like, um why oh sorry no i'm an input too <laughs> it's on the fly here it's making it work on the fly <laughs> and so um you're just asking like hey why didn't you just you know record this yourself i mean yeah. i, I could have easily that was a legit question <laughs> i i could have easily recorded it myself and i was just like i was like no i mean we played this before and i know we probably could care less but it was just like i just wanted <laughs> I just wanted like you to like still be like a part of my musical journey in a way, you know. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, right. and it was just sentimental for me because it's like that's we yeah. played that song together first um, yeah. before Glass Spirits, and then should like you know the or should or when the yeah. <laughs> let's let's thinking let's think positively here. Like the music takes off, it's like oh, like Max was part of that. So I'm on the wiki um, page of just like you know very early <laughs> on, this yeah. dude was involved. Yeah. Then they replaced them. Oh no! I mean, we don't have a violin. It's like I play violin when I yeah. put the guitar down and stuff. And so, and our thing is like we just try to be um, be known as a two piece band. We haven't had any like we've had his friends sit in like a couple gigs and stuff, but it was yeah, yeah it was just been just the two of us. But anyways, back to you. Um, <clears throat> so then, 
I think like uh, years later, I was uh, signing up for a photography class at a city college. Yeah. And um, so by this time, you are uh, a professor. I'm a professor. A professor. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I I saw you, and yeah. um, I just I like I knew you worked there, but I never like put it together that I would actually like run into you. It was you. literally me. Yeah. yeah. Like and, I'm a real adult now. <laughs> yeah. And and then like when I saw you like i was like pinching your cheeks and i was like getting yeah. really excited and i'm like oh i'm so sorry that's like so patronizing <laughs> and because when i met you you're 19 and i shouldn't be like well i never did really like pinch your cheeks anyway but yeah. i just had like this like, fondness and so i was like okay yeah I, i'm not gonna do that but <laughs> anyways but you um, wanted to like i was like Oh man, like I hope his students don't see and all this stuff. And <laughs> I mean, I look like a student still. <laughs> it's I don't I don't know. It's it's there wasn't like anything, there wasn't anything like academically that was driving me to do it. I was just doing because like it paid decent. Yeah. Like a lot of teachers, they're just like, oh, it doesn't pay well. Like, <clears throat> kinda. Like if you're teaching enough classes, it does. Yeah. There's like a certain point where it's like this ain't bad as long as like you know what you're doing, you're able to kind of balance your time. Yeah. It's not too much work. Like I think a lot of uh, like professors, specifically in college, they're they're either not teaching enough classes, mm-hmm. and that's why they're kind of struggling, or they're like they're doing too much, and they're they're not really focusing on like student needs. They're focusing on like this archaic view of how education should be. Hmm. And so I don't know. I think most students in my classes are really happy. That's why my classes fill up. <laughs> like they're yeah. almost always full. I yeah. haven't had a class that was like didn't happen because there wasn't enough students. Mm-hmm. Right. And and you're thinking like rate your professor for that? Yeah, probably. And yeah. so you got like all your friends and family members to hop <laughs> on there, and <laughs> I, I didn't need to because I have so many damn students. Real students, you yeah, hear that, guys. No, like literally, I, <laughs> yeah. I I've never like asked anybody to write anything. What the fuck? <laughs> but but that's one of the, that's one of the things that they ask you about uh, before they usually hire you is like how are you working with diverse audiences? Yeah. Right? And I think that was kind of like why I was able to uh, do so well in teaching is because my ability to kind of create that identification with the audience, mm-hmm. with my students, yeah, and be so effective at like recognizing the differences between these different audiences and getting them to kind of like buy in to the class. Yeah. You know, because like some people when they get, get into a class, they're just like, oh, this isn't interesting. I'm not really going to be here to show up. But yeah. these people want to show up. Because they're just like, what's he going to do today? <laughs> like, what's he going to say? Up, what's up his sleeve? What's he going to say today that's going to be a little bit wild? Because <laughs> like, I legit just tell them random ass stories about things that have happened in the past. Like, I don't filter that much when it comes to the students. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like, if they're able to see that it's not, like to see the humanity in their like instructor, they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. We can see that. Oh, you got a speeding ticket the other day? Oh, nice, dude. <laughs> I literally told yeah. my students, I'm just like, yeah, I got a speeding ticket like two days ago. And they're like, oh my God, tell us more. I'm like, I will at the end of class. <laughs> Did you use your uh, skills of persuasion on the cop? The cop, it don't work with the cops. You know? <laughs> Being on a motorcycle, I can never oh. get the cops to be like, let me go. They're, yeah. they're always just like, oh, here's this ticket. Enjoy, dude. Every <laughs> single time. Now, I'm just, um, I'm just imagining Imagining you, you say like, well, I guess I'll believe you that these students <laughs> like you. 
Okay, so maybe they don't. Uh, I don't know. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Let, let, let's go on that assumption. Yeah. Okay, so they like you. They're young. Uh, some of them know what major they're gonna be in. Maybe like half or more undeclared. Yeah. And so I just imagine them coming up to you. You got a good rapport with them, and they're like, "Man, my dad wants me to be an engineer, but I want to go into this or that." <laughs> like, what do you what do you tell them or? Uh. I think it depends. You know, it's it's kind of like the reason why some people just shouldn't be in college. Like, it's not going to be for you, dude. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, but I've had students come come to me and ask me, just like, oh, what should I be doing? I'm like, I have no idea, man. I don't know what I should be doing, to be honest. <laughs> but here I am. Um, it's, it's half and half. Like, yeah. I think that some individuals, they're able to fit into a mold very well, and they're able to kind of go through the process of – uh, education and then kind of get that job and do well in that job like in the corporate world or in like the engineering world whatever world it may be mm-hmm. um and for those people sure that that works out for them right uh but i tell them straight up to me like that it doesn't appeal to me right like mm-hmm. if i was thinking about that like it doesn't appeal to me like i don't like financial ceilings mm-hmm. like the idea of having a financial ceiling is not appealing to me because that limits the possibilities of what i could be doing mm-hmm. also just like the lack of creativity in those places like it wouldn't work for me but mm-hmm. for students like what do i do what field do i go to i'm just like i don't know what, what are you interested in like there's there's obviously more like generalized fields like communication studies right where you can do a bunch of things with that degree right but it really depends on kind of your ultimate goal or what do you want to get out of that degree because it's not enough to just have a degree to get a job right like it's it's not going to be enough now and i don't think it was enough before yeah i think that kind of the experience that you might get elsewhere or your other interests might be you might have more success in terms of pursuing some kind of career but ultimately, it really, it really requires them to have like some kind of introspection or like some kind of like reflection into what they want to um, ultimately end up doing, right? Yeah, and you know the thing is that um, a lot of parents, you know, of course they mean well and they want like, especially with my dad, he's like, get a job where you <laughs> like be in a union and like, you know, because he yeah. wanted me to be an electrician for like the longest time, right and, like, <laughs> like you know, and, and I can you see know, you being like, an electrician. <laughs> No, I I took an OSHA class and then after yeah. that, like I, I I was like, Look, Dad, I'm trying and he was happy and then like yeah. I changed to something else and he <laughs> I let him down. But um <laughs> but yeah, it's I I, I get it. Like my parents yeah. are Filipino immigrants and you know, I'm like a uh, immigrant too. I was naturalized like in yeah. my teens and stuff and so <laughs> Saying they, that sounds so weird. Naturalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so um uh, yeah, and so th- they grew up quite poor, and so of course they want to go to this country that has all these opportunities, yeah. and they want me to have like a stable job and future, and you know, like whenever like I'm dating some someone, they're just like, what kind uh, of job my, they got? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like. Is he nice? Is he treating you good? <laughs> no. What's his matter. job? <laughs> <I don't matter. laughs> yeah, exactly. Good job so got. yeah. And so um I totally get that. And well the thing is, is that I have worked for companies, but you also have to like consider not just your 
kind of productive role in that company, kind of like your yeah. social role as well, because there's all these, you know, political things you have to think of and then climbing that ladder and, you know, or, yeah. or whatever it is. And I mean, that's also like, true in like the yeah. academic world. Like it's super political where it's mm -hmm. like you piss off the wrong people. Or it gets super, yeah. like it gets back to you at some point. Like, like for example, mm. um, if you like when you get reviewed by other faculty there's also like those interpersonal factors at play and while some people say they might not be like mm. like, like for example this year when we taught virtually none of the other faculty have any experience from what i've seen teaching in a virtual scenario to the extent which it requires for them to uh, do it well yeah right you know like lecturing with this tiny little whiteboard and not interacting with your uh, class through zoom um, it, it, that's not enough. You know, they don't have the background of how to interact with these different audiences. They're not prepared. And yet they are the ones that are reviewing us who do have that ability and who do have the experience in teaching or interacting with virtual audiences, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, when my parents, they, they, they told me to do things, like <laughs> become a doctor, become a whatever. I don't... It's weird that they asked me to do that, and yet they put me into all these like creative different things. And well, if we can pause right there sure. for our audience, like you were born in Russia, correct? Yeah, so you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I was I was born in Russia. I was born in uh, Chelyabinsk, which is uh, in the Ural Mountains, right? So Europe and Asia split, and that's kind of where it happens right there. Mm -hmm. um, we came to the U.S. in '97ish, uh, I would say, mm -hmm. in '97, uh, and we lived in L.A. Uh, in like the West Hollywood when it was like much more Russian Russian hmm. that was kind of like the neighborhood that we were in uh, we kind of moved around a little bit throughout LA but I've always thought like LA is kind of like where I'm from yeah <laughs> if if someone's like <clears throat> no but where are you from from I'm like oh, Russia that's where I was born but I'm also from LA <laughs> um, and so I, we we grew up here uh, my dad he was he was working in construct he worked a variety of jobs when we mm -hmm. first came out here he was like a mechanic my parents like worked in a pizza the shop mm -hmm. i don't know they did a whole bunch of random things um but i mean my mom she she has a she has like a master's or whatever a phd from russia in music she was a conductor in an oh, orchestra wow. uh, my dad he was doing like engineering stuff uh working in like the army whatever and so they came here with like advanced degrees and things like that but none of that mm -hmm. matters uh once you're here um yeah for them at least uh and so they had we had to work a variety of jobs and they were always kind of like figure it out Right. There was no like path necessarily for me to follow. It was kind mm. of just like just figure it out, see what happens. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as we get here, uh, my parents kind of put me into a variety of different things. Yeah. You know, like I think it was in 98 or so that I was like, I want to play a musical instrument. Violent. Here you go. Oh, yeah. And so that's what uh, for like the next 10 years afterwards, like it was constant violin and piano practice. Wait, when, how old are you when you started? I think I was literally seven or seven or eight years old. OK. So it was like yeah. 90, 98 or something okay. like that. Nice. It was. And at first I wanted to, and then I didn't want to, and then my parents forced me to. <laughs> first I thought it was cool, and then it was not so cool. <laughs> for, yeah, like it was. I think that's how it is for most people. It's like you want to quit, but you're not allowed to quit once you start. Yeah. At least for us, yeah. um, you're just not. <laughs> like an hour a day practice, right? Yeah. Or you get yelled at, and you're forced to do it. Um, and so it's interesting that my parents wanted me to kind of pursue this career in like medicine or whatever else when they did put me into music yeah they did put me into like theater stuff and yeah. like art classes and everything else and so 
that's always kind of like been in the background of everything. It's like, why, why f- push me towards medicine when you literally signed me up for theater, bro? <laughs> like we were walking by that Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute. My mom's like, let's walk in. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then we were like signed up. And oh, then I nice. was like doing theater classes in like 2000. 2000, I think it was literally the year 2000 or 2001 or something. Yeah, that it sounds like it could have been spontaneous, but was did she have that planned? I have no idea. Yo, <laughs> my, my mom was weird. I don't know. She, I don't know. She weird because it's like she says one thing and then like another thing happens. I'm like, how did we get here? Yeah. It's like when I asked my mom, like, why did we come to the U.S.? She was like, oh, we were taking a vacation. I'm like, it's an extended oh, really? vacation. I was like, an extended vacation? What do you mean? Yeah. You moved to another For country. the record. For the record. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what she told She's still telling me that to this day. I don't know why necessarily that we, like, left. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the part of Russia where you're from, it was, like, okay. Like, yeah, it was chill. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like, being bombed or anything. We were, I don't know. I don't think we were running from anybody. Or maybe yeah. we were. Shit, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have no idea why we're here. And that's the type of person that she was. She was just like, <laughs> let's just do this thing. You know, um, uh I've I read somewhere like this is like so you know academic right oh, but yes. um but I because uh, I was just studying about like um, teaching uh, students with differences mm-hmm. um, in my program and uh, uh, one of the studies was that um, immigrant children have a lot more stress like relative to them because um, in a way like they're parenting their parents to acclimate to the country and like help them with language technology and just everything and um that's Mm -hmm. that has been kind of my experience and i don't know did you kind of go through something similar oh yeah for sure when i was when i was younger i was like translating things for my dad Mm. because my dad somehow started a contracting business (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but he was doing like construction work and doing being a contractor at the time and uh, i do remember him like asking me to translate like quotes and estimates mm. for like some jobs and i was like i have no idea what any of this means he was like well figure it out i'm like what do you mean figure it out <laughs> dude i don't know um and so it's like navigating that field and then like trying to go through uh the various stages of like elementary school middle school and like high school and trying to make sense of all those things and then trying to explain to my parents why something is normal or why something isn't normal like an, an, an easy example of that is for me is like, uh, like in high school, like I was obviously with this girl, and my mom was like, "Oh, you're gonna go see your friend?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see my friend," and like she clearly knows it's not just a friend, right? <laughs> but like given the cultural differences, right? You're either married or you're not, and that's what it is. Whoa! And so yeah, like if you're if you're with somebody, it's like well, you you intend to get married, right? There's no such thing as like We're a girlfriend. Dating. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a thing. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> um, oh yeah. And so trying to explain like whether something is normal, I think kind of always mm-hmm. like parenting them, trying to tell them like this this is a thing. This is okay. Yeah. No, I I still parent my parents, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I'm like, no, dad, you can't say that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I I know like they're they're good parents. They've got good hearts, but yeah. it's just like I think it's generational. Yeah. Something. I think I might have given up on doing all that. <laughs> I think I, I think it's I might have given up. I was just like, yeah, yeah, you do you. Yeah. You and um, you. you know, I just I think it's funny. Like I have 
these certain idiosyncratic like experiences with other yeah. Filipino Americans my age and then like when I run into them wherever I go and they're just like yeah can you speak Tagalog and I'm like no well <laughs> only the bad words and they crack up because and then I continue I say it's just those are the only words my mom yells at to me so yeah. uh, are there do you run into any other like Russian Americans or Americans yeah, honestly like, like I don't really talk to a lot of Russians I don't really know a lot of them I don't know why really? yeah it's for me it's uh, or you don't you don't know that they were russian or no i just i just don't really I mean, first most russians like they don't i don't think there's anything that like looks russian about them you know what i mean like yeah right when people look at me and they're just like oh you're from huntington beach huh bro like, like no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> or but like how about when you see their last name or something yeah like, yeah so that, mm. that would be the other kind of indicator but i mean even then a mm. lot of them don't really say anything uh, to me when it comes to being Russian like for for example what when when we're at home or like when I was at home or whatever uh, my parents would only speak to me in Russian like mm -hmm. I know Russian I'm fluent reading writing everything yeah uh, but they would only speak to me in Russian but outside of my parents maybe my sister I don't really talk to anybody else in Russian I don't really have that experience and maybe it's because I was never really a part of like the Russian communities hmm. I always gravitated more towards like other communities like whether it's like latino community or like asian community or something yeah right it was never really like oh where are the russians like eh. it was never a thing for me i don't know why i was like my closest friends are either like latino or asian or black you know it's like they're, they're not like these white folks because i just i was just never a part of those communities and so when i mean like for example i went to high school in east la mm -hmm. you know and, the, and that particular community it was like heavy like latino and asian and so yeah. I'm not like running to Russian folks on the off chance that I do, though, it's usually because they're already speaking Russian. And like I hear it and I'm like, huh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that I'm listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's like I was at Ikea and this mom was like yelling at her boy, like oh. her little boy. <laughs> and I was just listening. She was like, when we get home, I'm like, oh, oh wow. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and I was like, I looked back and like I laughed. And I don't think I don't think she knew that like I understood but like I understood. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you read um the great Russian like classic literature? Yeah, like like I, I just got um like a secondhand copy of um Doctor Zhivago and mm. I'm like I just read the first few pages and I'm like I heard this is good I'm excited to read it but man <laughs> these last names are really long and I just like last it's, names it's are kind definitely of long. It, yeah it was difficult for me I like I'm being like the ethnocentric bitch right here but yeah but <laughs> these anyways damn foreigners <laughs> and their names yo um no. I mean, I've, I've read it when I was younger. Like, I haven't recently. I, like, I don't read for fun anymore. Um, I think ever since, like, doing, like, debate stuff, it's I've always been reading for arguments. Mm. And so whenever I'm, like, reading something that's, like, fiction or whatever, I'm just like, oh, this could be an interesting argument in a debate or how it could be used. Um, and so when I was younger, I was, I was actually in Russian school, um, which is... It's basically, it's not like a Sunday school, but you go there and like you, they teach you how to read, right? Whatever. Mm. Or they supplement whatever you already know. And yeah. like you basically just hang around those kids. Uh, so Wait, you, you went to that school on top of uh, East LA High School? No, it was, it was like a, it was like a Sunday thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. like a Saturday or like a Sunday thing. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. So like over the weekend, we would go there and be there for like half a day. My sister was there a lot more than I was because I was okay. already kind of older by the time, mm. the time we went there. Um, and so that was where like kind of the when we were in those classes they like not forced us but i guess they had us read uh, some of those books mm. like dostoevsky and like everything else right yeah kind of going along the lines of 
like your awareness and and kind of your growth and where you want to put your energies um nowadays uh well actually you've, you've always kind of been like this you've always kind of I don't want to say dabbled, but like done different types of things, you know, like yeah. I've seen you do like your your lighting business and then your DJing. And yeah. then like I get um, a request on Facebook <laughs> for like this like boba place and i'm like wait a minute do you own like a boba place like when then you're I just was like, helping them do marketing they literally started up yeah. oh, okay and i was like oh okay it's cool so you're always doing like different things and so um i don't know uh what can you say about like taking risks and like being why well, we, we kind of touched upon not doing like the safe route or path but i mean yeah. do, you, do you have any regrets with anything i mean i feel like taking a risk like is such a privileged position to be from and this is this is one of my my qualms or quarrels with like some of the youtubers or like the social media people they're just like bro just go for it man it's just like well you can't <laughs> like for like when in 2009 when uh justin tv was twitch it was justin tv before it was twitch tv yeah right when people first began kind of streaming things right i was playing counter-strike religiously yeah like i was doing the video game thing but at that time in my head i was just like safe option to just go to college because going to college means <clears throat> that you have access to like federal funds and you have access to like scholarships mm -hmm. right which means that you are able to kind of pursue a degree which is safe and there's a little bit of a guarantee that at least you'll have some sort of safety net, right? Because yeah. I never really had, I never, I still don't, I don't have a safety net of like somebody that I could just fall back on. Like yeah. I can't really ask my folks for like money. <laughs> don't be like, what money, <laughs> bro? Mm -hmm. Like you got this on your own. Mm -hmm. um, and so the idea of taking risks at the time was not something that was in my head that I could have really done. And so I don't know if it's a regret, but it's definitely something that I kind of think about. It's like, well, if I didn't go to college, I would honestly be just be streaming professionally because that's what I was on the path to be doing anyway. Yeah. And so I uh, redirected, I guess, at the time, right? Mm -hmm. I instead pursued like the degrees and pursued that position, the full time career. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I have this full time career that I could be doing forever, I guess. But it's not like it's just not fulfilling whatsoever. Yeah. Ultimately, like, yeah, kids, like, not kids, but like students are gray, you know, they're, they're gray. And like some once in a while, a student's just like, oh, my God, you helped me. And I'm like, great. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so happy for you. Uh, but beyond that, it's not really that fulfilling because there's always that like need or that like desire to be doing something else. And so it's like there's always like this creative gravitational pull that happens. When I'm just like, I gotta be doing something else, something that's either creative or something like you're making something. And so like like with the lighting business at the time where I was doing lighting for these different productions, it was just another way to make some kind of money and also do something creative. Mm -hmm. Right. When I was DJing, same thing. I was like trying to find a middle ground between having something with like some kind of financial income or some kind of financial uh stability while also going to school full time. Right. And like the Bobo place, like, well, I was I'm starting like this marketing little company mm -hmm. where I was literally helping that business grow. And like I've consulted with a few people. Um, and so now it's like I think is the prime time for me to kind of fully not fully, but go into some of the things that I meant to go into in like 2009 mm -hmm. instead of pursuing it. And a lot of people that are afraid to take the risk 
I mean, depending on how long you've been in the U.S., I think is like a good risk factor for whether or not this might be worth it for you, mm. right? So it's like for us when we were immi- when when we immigrated here, my parents had like what five hundred dollars when they came here. Like I'm thinking back to it now, I'm like, bro, that's nothing. Yeah, like coming to a country with no language and five hundred bucks, that's wild. Yeah. Um, and so the what was taught to me instead of like risk taking was. Uh, just kind of working yourself to the bone. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. That was my dad, right? It's kind yeah. of just like just do a bunch of work, whatever it might be, and try to pursue different things. Um, and so I think a lot of individuals, they could take the risk if they have the financial stability or if they have the kind of like familial uh, like safety net. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, then it's it's a super privileged position to be like, yeah, I can just risk it. Like if, if today I could ask my parents to like pay all my bills, bro, for like next year while mm-hmm. I try to stream full time, then yeah, yeah, I would definitely do it. Right. But like that's just not there. And so I have to offset those things by working that full time career while at the same time trying to pursue uh the other creative interests. Yeah. Um, do you feel like um you had to play catch up in terms of like your streaming skills yeah. or are those things like always there or do you did you actually like you know lose some well, flow or i don't know what you call feel, it as like, a gamer i mean uh, so like playing video games i think i've always consistently played you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so from from 2001 until whatever however many years it was like counter-strike and world of warcraft and stuff was like the backbone of like my gaming background and so that kind of allowed for me to grow in terms of like game sense and having that muscle memory and having that ability so while today my reflexes might be slower Mm -hmm. compared to like a 12 year old obviously right yeah um their reflexes might be faster but like I have more of an idea of what's going on like i'm able to predict them a little bit better Mm -hmm. because like i've had years of like playing which means i could just guess what you're gonna do no matter what game it is right and so i think for a lot of individuals like myself included where we weren't able to pursue things like streaming and gaming before we just use different skills right so like if i was doing that in 2009 i probably would not be able to either communicate as effectively or communicate as like Mm. i don't know what the word might be intellectually (laughs) uh intellectually or have the uh kind of background that i do now or life experience that i do now maybe it would have gone differently right like now i have the background and experience of all the different like diverse interactions of different types of people over the years i have stories to draw on Mm -hmm. right i have like the academic background to draw on as well as everything else and so the only disadvantage is like time right Mm -hmm. to pursue a lot of creative interests especially streaming it's just a game of time like you have to have um enough content for you to like catch um for you to create or catch an audience or create a community yeah so while some of these people have been doing it for like five six years or whatever right if if their community wasn't able to grow in that amount of time like i could probably still do it quicker than they do it now i just need to invest that time yeah so we're really just fighting against time when it comes to kind of doing those uh like the streaming and the gaming and that's been kind of like my focus at this point is um to fully invest into kind of being in that world to some extent whether it's streaming uh whether it's like managing other gamers or managing like a team or something whatever it may be or just creating content full-time right and i feel like that's kind of like the direction that i want to be going in 
Yeah, I I love gaming. I well, I don't game a lot. Like yeah. in Counter Actually like last night I looked at my Steam profile. I downloaded Steam for the first time even though I finally <laughs> like for, for in a long time it's been like 3 years. Yeah. Um and I finally like have a decent computer to play yeah, Counter-Strike yeah, yeah. on cuz I'd usually go to like an internet cafe or whatever and uh, <laughs> What is this 2001? <laughs> no, they still have them. There's they like do? This, yeah, it's like in um I I would go to this one and like a city of industry oh, it's wow. like you know owned by a korean last time i went to an inner cafe was in hollywood on like hollywood and highland oh. <laughs> there was like a cafe up there in one of those like little plazas yeah no it's it's cool i mean it's it's a vibe you know it's it's a vibe and <laughs> there's um, old koreans in there yeah playing starcraft too <laughs> no every, everyone was actually pretty young it was yeah. kind of smelled like tobacco a little bit oh, but, for yeah. Sure. yeah but um yeah it's it's it, it's just so fun to like get in it and not be like somewhere else be, yeah. Yeah, and then just be like I totally hit him and then like whatever the shot didn't work and yeah. um, but then there's other people like yelling so it doesn't matter like you just blend <laughs> in <laughs> So yeah. um, it's it's just fun. I just escape into like I love Counter Strike. I only have like a hundred hours clocked in. Oh, I just, really? I'm totally terrible. I'm terrible, <laughs> but I love it. I really love it. Um, I like RPGs. Yeah. Um, I got into like Mortal Kombat uh, for a little bit because I played um, MK1 and 2 when I was young. Yeah, and then um, but it like for me. Um, I get really addicted to video games. <laughs> so the good thing about Counter-Strike is that like you can come in and play anytime and there's no yeah. storyline to catch up on and try to remember and like it, it was fun for me that way. But like when I was heavily into um, Mortal Kombat, I like I would lose feeling in my legs <laughs> and then I would eat all this junk food and uh, yeah, that's when I was like really insulin resistant and <laughs> And um, yeah, so I know I'm I'm addicted to video games. So I try to just play when I know I can control, like when I need to get off. You I don't know? know if it's addiction. So. It's called being passionate. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> passionate about it. But if you're losing like feelings in your legs and it's like risking your health, my health. I'm not talking about anyone else, yeah. but then it like for me, it's definitely an addiction. Like <sighs> yes. yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you lose a little feeling in the toe. No big deal. You know, let me just move your little toe around. It's okay, it works yeah. out. But um, I think I had like I think between two thousand five and two thousand nine I had like four thousand hours in uh, World of Warcraft. Oh wow, thirty five hundred, thirty six hundred hours in World of Warcraft. But it's like a substantial amount of time. Now it's like Call of Duty for me because um, the, because the new Call of Duty came out. Look, look what I'm wearing. I wore this for you. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's a dope hoodie. Hell yeah. I think that's like from Call of Duty Ghost or something or the older one. Uh, I don't remember. I got it from a thrift store. Yeah. It was like $1. Yo, that was a dollar. I'll buy it off you for five right now. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I've been playing Call of Duty recently and that's been kind of like the, the, the new game for me. Yeah. Because uh, for Counter-Strike, it's... It was good at the time for me, but for now, it's like I think there's more possibility of like uh, creating heat for like your brand, mm. uh, like Call of Duty or mm. some of the other newer games that are coming out. So that's been my focus for the most part. Yeah, nice. And so you're doing this podcast. Okay, you're teaching full time. Mm -hmm. You're doing this podcast, and you're like still like uh, working on your your streamer. Yeah. So. Path. 
like I've tried to keep academic and uh, personal gaming stuff separate. Now I've just stopped caring. <laughs> like one of the things that I started doing on TikTok is like talking about my students' excuses for missing assignments or missing work. <laughs> so <laughs> every time they tell me, they're just like, oh, I can't do it because of this reason. I go and make a TikTok about it. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Or it's like, uh, like everything is done on Canvas, right? Mm-hmm. Through Zoom. And so one of the things I started talking about too is like tips for students on Canvas. Yeah. Like a lot of like professors try to hide this information from the students. I'm just like, nah, here it is. This, yeah. is, this is what I can actually see when you're taking a test. Yeah. So like your anxiety and your fears about what's going to happen mm. during this test. Like here, let me show you what the reality is. Um, and so I've, I've, I've stopped caring about the division. If my student is like, yeah. are you streaming? I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah, I don't care. Take a look at it. <laughs> because I feel like what's the, what's the point of like, what's the point of separating? You're getting fans. Yeah, like no matter what, what's the point of like separating those things out? They're going to find out anyway because they Google you. Yeah. Right? And so like yeah. once in a while I have a student like, like they they make a comment about one of my social media posts because yeah. they see it. Like they don't follow me yet, but yeah. like they make a comment about. It. They're like, "Oh, that story that you put on Instagram." I'm like, "Yeah, what about it?" It's about <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, what about it, bro? Like, <laughs> like you can't talk about their names or anything. Yeah. But like, yeah, that was a reference to you, bro. Like Ooh. that was about you. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. I ran into um my brother who also teaches at a city college uh-huh. and uh, he teaches English, and um. Uh, we were at a cafe and then he was like, hey, check this out. Because he was showing me emails mm-hmm. of like student excuses. <laughs> yeah. It was it was like he had a final. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like if you're having a final, like you're a student, you haul your ass to the final. If yeah. you don't show up the whole semester, at least the final. At least Come the on. final. Right. And so so he tells the, the class He's giving them a 30 minute window yeah. uh, to enter the class. And so uh. the <laughs> and so the, the student um, says, oh, uh, I almost said his name, but um, uh, let's say it was like from they had to go in from 11 to 1130. And right. the student emails saying I got there at 1131. And then so <laughs> which is just like a total lie because i know my brother well he's not a complete asshole he would have yeah. yeah exactly so that to, to, student's totally lying and my brother's just cracking up and then um yeah I, i've also noticed from professors i've talked to that the number one excuse is their grandparent dying oh for sure yeah, yeah. everyone's and, always dying around yeah like yeah and days. then um and then uh one professor was just like yeah it's very interesting that they always die around finals time around finals, or, speech or, days. and then like and then another professor was like you know that excuse like pisses me off so much like they are not allowed to use that excuse unless i see a death certificate really? like, i've never <laughs> asked myself because I, I don't know i just i just don't care whatever their yeah. reason is like i'm sure they have legitimate reasons here or there but yeah. i just don't care i'm just like bro yeah you're, you're gonna miss a class you're gonna miss an exam fine make this shit up yeah that's all you gotta do all you gotta do is tell me that you're gonna miss it yeah like but at least give me like a creative excuse so i can put it on tiktok bro like i, I want any <laughs> content man use your students for content <laughs> literally yeah like if you're gonna if you're gonna say you're gonna miss something give me a creative ass story so i yeah. have some content but the, <laughs> w- when you bring up uh the final exam i think it was like uh two years ago or so um i was uh i went to campus to uh, make copies of an exam uh, and I was riding home and I flipped my motorcycle because <laughs> oh, this lady, this lady, she uh, she cut me off like she went in front of me. Uh, I was in like lane one. She was in lane two. We were going and then she went from lane two across lane one. And so I hit her wheel well, flipped oh, over God. her car. It was oh, like some God. super ninja shit. 
Um, oh my god. Anyways, I get up my bike. It was it was good. The only thing that broke on it was like the uh, the the gear shifter, and so oh, I rode it to my mechanic. <laughs> I get up. I'm like, oh damn, that was crazy. Well, what happened with her? Did she just drive off? Or? No, no, she stayed. She stayed. Oh, okay. So I got Jeez. her information or whatever. And she was mad that like I messed up her new used car, and I was like, oh, your car's trash geez. anyway. Um, you literally are a terrible driver because you cut me off. Yeah. Um, anyways, I was kind of annoyed at her. So I, I Wait, pu- don't you film your rides? Yeah, yeah. It's all on GoPro. Yeah, I yeah. literally have it. It'll oh, trauma- okay. It'll traumatize you, but oh, I can show you. <laughs> okay. Um, so I see it. But I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I lifted my bike and like the shifter's broken, so oh you have to God. shift it by hand. Ooh. I rode it to my mechanic, and I'm like, "Hey, bro, do you have an extra shifter?" He was like, yeah, I'll take it off this other bike. He puts on my bike. 20 bucks. Done. Yeah. I ride the bike to campus because I have to give an exam yeah. that same day. Yeah. Like after I flip that bike, I go to my mechanic. I still go and give my final. Yeah. I'm sitting there giving the final to the exam. All of a sudden, like my hand, like I can't I can't make a fist. It hurts mm. because ultimately what happens is, is I broke my wrist oh. and I didn't realize I broke my wrist. Oh, shit. So <laughs> I'm sitting in class and I tell my class, I'm like, bro, I flipped my bike. And like, also, I can barely move my hand anymore. And they're like, oh, maybe you should go to the hospital. I'm like, yeah, finish up the exam already and then I can go. <laughs> so with my broken wrist, I ride the the same bike i've been riding all day oh i ride into the hospital the hospital does x-rays and they're just like yeah there's like a piece of bone floating next to your wrist like oh right around here God. they put it on a sling i'm like oh. what do i do they're like go home <laughs> what okay so i go home <laughs> like two days i think or a day later not or even a brace or anything no no yeah. it's just literally like a sling thing oh. um i ride it home and the next day or two days or yeah. whatever they put it in a cast and I'm like, so can I still ride the bike? They're like, I guess. I rode the bike home with a cast. <laughs> I never. <laughs> I was riding that bike with that broken wrist for Jeez. the next like month and a half or so. You are insane. I mean, maybe bit, like yeah. there's a thrill seeker that I never knew. Yes. I guess it's like there's a certain freedom to it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like huge less freedom. constraints and you weave in and out of lanes yeah. and or whatnot. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, th- like I worked. In in this building and then there is like this guy who i know he rides a motorcycle because he'd yeah. pop in with his helmet he'd have like his like leather suit or whatever yeah. and then it's like i've always wanted to ride on a motorcycle and at the time you know he was cute nice whatever but <laughs> i was just like man is it weird to ask someone if i can get a ride on the <laughs> motorcycle no not i mean not like, really oh, you know like i didn't really know him he yeah. wasn't like a friend but i was, I was like man should have made the friend and should have been like hey nice <laughs> yeah. well i mean you know that yeah. opportunity passed but <laughs> rest in peace opportunity <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of riders, like they don't really have uh, passengers on their bikes. Like they don't really do that. Yeah. Because it's first of all, it's scary to have somebody else on there for the first time because uh. you're just like, I don't know how this is gonna work. Oh right. Um, and the other person kind of has to know a little bit about what's going on because you got to lean with them. Oh. Um, okay. You got to kind of be like in sync. Yeah, you literally like you literally holding on to them. Yeah. Um, but like for me, for example, on my bike, I don't have any um, passenger pegs. They're mm. just not there. Oh, and so okay. I wouldn't even be able to like have anybody on there. And so some people like they're just not as familiar with how to do it. Because mm. it's not common that you have a person that you're riding with, you know. Like usually nobody really wants. Like like when you get a motorcycle, women are not interested in you anymore than they were before. Huh. Dude, dudes are hella interested in you. 
Yeah. Like literally, whenever like I go somewhere, there's always like one or two guys that are just like, "Oh, nice bike, dude." I'm like, "Great, thanks, man." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really doing a lot for me, but they, they want to ask you to ride on there. Right. But, exactly. But yeah. yeah. I, it was so funny. I was um asking another guy who um rides a bike, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I guess it was really naive of me." I was like, "Um, you know, do you ever ride with other guys?" <laughs> and he was like. He turned his like face was uh-huh. turned so serious and he's like no. And I'm like like <laughs> why not? And he's like he's like no nuts to butts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never I think it's honestly just cuz like dudes are usually like, bigger, you know what I mean? It was just like I weigh like what like 240 or something. So if another dude was on the bike that also weighs like 200, I was just like that's a lot of that's a lot of people on one bike. <laughs> that's why it would be kind of difficult for me. <laughs> Like if maybe the other yeah. dude was like kind of like a small guy, then yeah, I want to really yeah. care. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> oh, Come man. on, bro. Get on. We're brothers in this. <laughs> Just hold on tight to me, bro. Yeah. No. Um. So I, I want to hear a little bit more about uh, this podcast. You yeah. Want the, sure. Yeah. Talk about it and what, what's it all about. So in last year and like. I think it was like July or something. We started what is called the Low Cal Podcast. Low Cal Podcast. Um, and it kind of started out as uh, my buddy, he was like, I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast. And I'm saying, okay, well, we can do it. Because I'm always like trying to, I'm not, like I'm down to like start whatever it may be, you know. So he says, let's uh, let's try and start up this little podcast thing. I'm like, all right, great, let's do it. What are we going to call it? Call it the Local Podcast, because mm-hmm. uh, I mean we're based out of like Southern California, mm-hmm. right? so I thought it was kind of a cute name. Yeah. Um, because I was also thinking about like things on the down low, things are quiet, like being from the streets or whatever. Mm. <laughs> so, um, anyways, we started up the podcast in, <laughs> in July. Uh, we're on episode seventeen now. Um, we we did one episode and then we kind of took like a hiatus because we were just like, damn, this is kind of a lot of work. Mm. Um. And then uh, maybe in October or something, we start to do it consistently every single week. The podcast mm-hmm. covers current events, culture, uh, like politics, kind of a mix of a bunch of different topics. Uh, and it's, uh, I mean, it's two people, right? Or it's three as people now. Started out with two. Started out with me and Jose. Uh, and then one of the homies, Nico, uh, came on there. And so now it's kind of the three of us. Uh, we've done one interview with a person. We have another one coming up soon. Um, but it, it's kind of like a, like a laid back comedy esque, um, shooting the shit with people for like an hour every single yeah. week. Yeah, and so uh, as as someone who's um, starting their podcast, and you know ours isn't debuted yet, but yeah. um, so I'm like really into like how other people do their podcasts now. Yeah. Do you guys have specific roles? Is there like an audio person, a producer? Is, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so for me, I'm usually the most technically savvy person mm-hmm. uh, within like the group of people, which is kind of annoying, but also good, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm usually the one that like knows how things work and I can put things together and I know how to like figure things out because I know how to Google. Yeah. Um, so I'm the one that's generally like the audio engineering person, the one that kind of edits everything and puts everything together. Yeah. Um, for like production wise, uh, we used to have like more strict notes for what an episode's supposed to have. So we mm-hmm. would have like a list of things that we were going to talk about, but now we've kind of just like gotten into a groove where we're just like, Hey, here's some things that we could probably talk about today. Right. And then I introduce the episode or like one of the homies introduces the episode and then we just kind of go off. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like we don't really have a ton of structure. It's it's all it's all unscripted, obviously. But once in a while, we'll have like a story that we have to talk about. 
my I feel like my role recently has been as like the person that guides the conversations mm-hmm. right in the podcast so if we have like three four people there I'm usually the one that's like maintaining some kind of direction or pushing it into a certain way yeah and so I feel like that's been my role like the other mm. the other two dudes are they, they like give insight um, and they kind of like rap about whatever they talk about. Yeah. One dude has just like the wildest stories because he's just had the wildest life. <laughs> like yeah. literally just not appropriate things at all. <laughs> um, the other okay. dude is kind of like the more professional, quieter person that mm. has like some smart insights. Mm. Um, it's a good balance. Diverse. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's fairly balanced out. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's that's been kind of our uh, go to way of making the podcast. Like we record yeah. it. Usually in the evening. Like, this is the earliest I've ever recorded. We usually record in the evening. Um, I edit that same night usually. And then probably the next day or so is when it comes out. And that's been consistent now for at least three months now, four months. Every single week. You've got you've got like your flow. You're like yeah, a well yeah, yeah. oiled machine. Now. Yeah, yeah. Right now it feels yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, or earlier when you said that you guys or you realized it was like a lot of work, and then you kind of like, you know, took a respite. Yeah. Now, what was like the mentality behind that? Was it like not being aware of how much work it was going to be, or things came up? Well, or? it's like the first episode that we did was audio and video, and so we mm. like it was just me doing all the editing, and so I was just like, man, that's kind of a lot of stuff to kind of try and line everything up and go through the process of like editing all of it Mm -hmm. and i was also at the same time where the fall was starting and so combining that with like teaching full time i was just like damn it's a lot of stuff and so i i I kept trying to like work at it and kept trying to uh do more but we didn't really start recording again until like two months later or like a month and a half later when things kind of calmed down for me like teaching wise yeah and so i like i hear a lot of people like trying to start these projects but it's it's the perseverance and like kind of like the going at it every single week that is required for you to you know be successful in whatever you're doing. Right? Yeah. So that kind of like lack of perseverance is why a lot of projects for people just fall apart. Yeah. Um. I'm hearing this common um advice that try to hit like a twenty episodes. Yeah. That, that it's like a, there's like a twenty episode year itch in yeah. a way. Yeah. I feel like that's we, we for shit. We were just trying to do one first. <laughs> yeah, do one. Put that's one how you out. Start. Yeah, put one out. That, mm-hmm. The same day that we kind of got the idea to do it, I was just like, bro, I will literally buy the name, buy the domain. I will get everything done right away. Cause like whenever, yeah. uh, whenever I start a project, I'm just like, bro, let's just do it. Cause the hardest part for hu- humans are like momentum animals. Yeah. Right. We require momentum in order for us to have the motivation or mm-hmm. have the energy to do something else. So yeah, if you stop that momentum, then like progress is going to stop. And so yeah. we wanted to get one done. I was like, great, let's get another one done. And then all of a sudden, like we're on number 10. I'm like, Oh shit, we're doing it. All right, cool. Yeah. So yeah. now the goal for us is to like push past 20. Right? That's only like a month away. Yeah. Okay. So you've away. heard that advice too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're coming in with the, the technical knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're bringing in like the audio equipment or before it was visual equipment, but yeah, yeah just the, like the mics and like did, um, what were the, the so, co-host names again? Ho- Jose, Jose and Nico. Jose and Nico. And yeah. like, did they have any experience? Cause I mean, you came from like a theater and acting background yeah. as well. So it's like, did they have experience like, the- like talking to like uh, an audience? Not to an audience, but they're both from sales. You know what I mean? Mm. So they're like both like top sellers uh, in their fields. Okay, so they can talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely both top 
sellers and like they're talkers they're able to do that uh but we have the equipment set up like mm-hmm. at a jose's place that's kind of where we do it and so like i bring my mic we have mics there set up we have like a the road kit you know set up there with like a bunch of stands everything's kind of good to go yeah literally walk into the living room uh just like plug in the mic and we're good to go and press record <laughs> yeah like we originally did episode one and episode two in a barbershop I saw that. Yeah, that looks so really good. One of our buddies, Andy, he owns uh, this really, really nice barbershop. It's called uh, Tonsorial Arts. It's right there on beach in Cyprus. Um, we started to do it there, but the issue that we found is like the breakdown and like the setup. Mm, Constantly. Yeah. Just like an extra hour or an hour and oh, a half yeah. of doing everything. So we were like, eh, you know what? Let's just do it at the house. Yeah. Uh, so we have like a mini studio set up um, at nice. Jose's place. And, I, and you can like, you know, be comfortable around yeah, it, right? Unlike exactly. this. <laughs> no, no, this is a pretty comfortable house. Yeah. I think I've melded with the background here. You know? uh, no, but like, the thing is about his place is just like, yeah, we're literally just like in the living room. Plug and record. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's nice. what we wanted is we wanted the ability to just like turn on and just we're able to record. There's mm-hmm. nothing extra that we have to do. Yeah. The only thing extra that we're adding now is like the extra like element of video. Yeah. Um, and so the extra layer of video and having multiple cameras set up, we want it to be so it's literally just plug and play. Yeah. And I think that's been like the d- next difficult hurdle to set up is like how do we set up his space so that it is plug and play, but it's also just a living room. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like not trying to get into the way of like everyday living yeah. while also having it as like a recording space. Yeah. I think this would be a good segue to get to um, the next part mm-hmm. of this podcast, this um, this is this is a very unique episode because um, it's not virtual and we can have a fun activity. So <laughs> what's um, the activity? I I am gonna tell you once I set it up, All right. and uh, hopefully you will like it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna uh, press stop on all these, and um, when I start again, that's. When I will do the big review. (laughs) Since Max is a gamer, I set up a surprise activity that we do together. Unless you play first-person shooter games, it's probably not going to make sense to listen to, especially for our audio-only audience members. So the following will just be a short preview. And just to give a heads up to those who are listening and driving around the city, uh, there are going to be some shooting sounds, so adjust your volume accordingly so you don't get too startled. After a few minutes, we'll return to our regular conversation and the rest of the podcast episode. Check out Max and I playing this game on YouTube. I'll provide a link up here or um, down in the description below or our show notes. Without further ado, here is Max and I playing one-handed Counter-Strike. So, for this segment... Gamer face on. (laughs) We are going to have a special activity. Okay. Um, We're going to go on my Steam account. (laughs) So, no worries. You have no reason to be worried. Because, you know, my stats (laughs) are, like, not even... Are negligible. Yeah. Um, And, yeah. So, this is what we're going to do. We are going to team up and play Counter-Strike. Oh my god. But it's gonna be you know how like there's like the three-legged potato sack races? Am I shooting or are you running? Okay. Which one is which? You're you're the WASD oh and I'm shooting. You're shooting? <laughs> it should be the other way around. We, we want this to be bad, right? <laughs> Bro, you shooting is not oh my god. Okay. 
See, we're going to test your communication skills, and you have to communicate to me where to go, where what to shoot, okay? Because you are going to show how you can articulate your thoughts. Oh, it's going to be stressful <laughs> as fuck, <y'all. laughs> Holy okay. moly. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, we can always switch. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, um, hold on. I always forget my... I, own, I haven't logged on in three years. Um, uh-huh. Might just be password. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got it. Okay. Super hyped. Okay, all right here. Oh, I totally shot him. In the foot, yeah, maybe. <laughs> right here. Mofo, mofo, <laughs> I hate you. Mofo, mofo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. What's that? All right, up top here. Ooh, that was through a wall and everything. I did that on accident. How'd you kill him? <laughs> that was like a good shot. Unintentional, but good. That's right. That's the goal. What? Yeah. I can't see anything. You stop. were going to die anyway, dude. Oh, stop pulling up that stupid window. I don't need that window. The score? <laughs> you don't want to see what's happening? Well, I mean, I can't focus. I can focus here. What oh, is that? Seven? Stop pulling that stupid thing up. That was no, that was totally visible. <laughs> yeah, but it was distracting. All right, all right, all right. here we go. Oh here we my go. god, you're such a troll. <laughs> here we go. All right, oh my god, go. like why do you, it doesn't even matter? This is so bad, you don't need the score. <laughs> it's like just assume we're like bottom three. Like, I cannot accept just, that. Yeah, just accept I just it. Can't accept accept it. reality. Welcome to our surprise segment. Now it's time for a visit from Madam Pepe. Welcome to Tarot Time. You can call to me, Madam Pepe, and I am in this place to show you the good fortune of our guests. Uh, what I do, I summon the informations combined with cards so you and our guests can receive learnings. Okay, let's go. I am now going to shuffle. Okay, now we have here the intuitions for uh, Max Bogrov. Okay, great. Let's see what we have here. Uh, oh, wow. The Knight of Cups. Wow, very, very good card. Uh, well, what is that to mean? Um, what I am looking at here is that there is a knight in armor. Uh, he is wearing a cloth with fish on it. And he has a beautiful horse, but they are just calm and, and they're not attacking. They're not like the other cards we saw from our other guests. Uh... They are not like these war horses from Fred and Richard. Um, so this one's calm and graceful. And you know, I, I very much like this card for Max. Uh, you know, because Max also rides a motorcycle and finds a lot of peace riding with one. And it's it's kind of like a horse. So Max is like a knight, okay? So, uh, you know, very little people have talent like you, Max. You do so many wonderful things to express yourself and your art and 
and creativity. So um, next, if you're listening, uh, I want to suggest to you to uh, keep doing what you're doing and and never stop. You have so much to offer and so much to give to the world, um, even if it's done in such a quiet, calm manner, okay? Okay, that's it. I enjoyed to bring good news and fortunes. Um, thank you very much for visiting Madame Pepe. Um, okay, no more. See you soon. Bye now. Hotsauce.com This is part three of the segment Music Retrospective, where we explore the songs of Glass Spirits. With my co-host Coco from San Diego, I'll be recounting the experience I had with the people who have inspired these songs, the song's conception, and the aftermath of letting these people know I wrote a song about them. Many of these stories are very embarrassing, but I hope they give a little insight into the mind of an artist. Uh, Coco and I discuss behaviors that stem from anxiety, substance use, um, actions that can be considered to be maladaptive behaviors, including self-harm. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Uh, So, yeah, I really felt like I would never see him again. So that was... 2008 and then throughout the next couple years Mm -hmm. he'll he'd send me pictures of him traveling and he'd send me because he really liked traveling in russia so he'd send me maps of russia and (laughs) and and like trace yeah yeah he's he's really thoughtful and kind of mark where Where he's 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 been and then i got a letter from him a letter a letter like not an email like yeah and a letter And it, it, it was uh, interesting because it was like this weird size. Okay. I don't know. And then he had to like fold it kind of weird. Oh. And so <laughs> it, was standard. it wasn't American standard. No. Maybe it's a Polish standard. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he sent it to me and then he sent me pictures. Oh. And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to visit my friends in England. It's yeah. been a while. And I have, yeah, and I have some, like, a a gap where I can take vacation at work. And I'm just going to fucking visit him. And then I was emailing him like crazy, and he wasn't responding. And I thought it was bizarre because he usually responds. And then then I'll explain, like, what happened with the email. And so... um. And so then I booked a f- booked my flights to go to London, mm-hmm. then Bristol, yeah. then Poland, then Germany, mm-hmm. then um, that's a lot. <laughs> then back to London, okay, and then back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I wanted to make the most out of my travels, yeah, yeah. and so I was emailing him, and then um, he was MIA, and last minute, uh, like when I was about to board, I realized I was. He had changed his email from a Yahoo email to a mm. Gmail. Oh. And I was emailing the wrong email. Oh. This whole t- I was emailing an email he wasn't the using gold. anymore. Yeah, that he wasn't even checking. And so, and then I, I was like, fuck. And then I emailed him. But then I, I remember like I had to like get on a plane and I couldn't confirm like yeah. that I was I'm gonna, just going. I'm just, I just decided to go because I just, and I was just like, well, well at least I there. can. <laughs> at least I can just check out Poland, right? Yeah. For how so, long? <laughs> for like a day. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I can you tell I make really good decisions. Yes, yes. I can um, tell. yeah, I've I've proved that like this whole podcast. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, I go, and I finally fly from Bristol into Poland. Okay. And I got like a little pamphlet to study. Polish for like oh yeah for like the the hour you were on the flight yeah exactly (laughs) and you know like like oh I got to know this (laughs) study skills right you you know we learned how to cram yeah yeah and so and so all I knew how to say was like um jindobre do vizenia you know so um that's it what is that like hello goodbye yeah like hello and like I don't even know how to say thank you, but yeah, dovizenia, like bye, you know. Okay. So um, important things. Yeah, that's but not. I did not learn how to say where can I find Wojciech. Yeah, Have I you just seen had this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I ended up doing because I had his address. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, so I I land. Mm-hmm. I only had a few hours, so I had to like. Wow. Like and you didn't have any confirmation. I didn't have a confirmation, <laughs> but I had his address. Okay. I had, his mail- I had the letter. I had his mailing address. And and then I was hungry. So I, I first had to stop. <laughs> you got to, like, yeah. I, I need some sustenance. Yeah, sustenance. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting couple hours. <laughs> so, because I was in Poland and I was like, I gotta try how, food. how often can I get a Polish, a genuine Polish sausage? Yeah. Yeah, I can get that. <laughs> I can get two varieties of Polish sausage, yeah. right? So, Authentic. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then after the sausage. Yeah, after the Polish hot dog, then I ventured out. Then I was ready to find him. Yeah. And then you were mentally, you were in a good mental <laughs> yeah. space. Yeah, I have my priorities in check. Yeah. That's self-care right yeah, there. Yeah, that was self-care. Okay, so then I, I, ha- I just like took a bus and then I finally got in his neighborhood, but okay. I couldn't understand like yeah, I know where it's a whole it was. Other, like... It's just well, he was in army barracks. Oh my! And I couldn't. I don't think they're they're necessarily visible to the yeah, public. Not. The way they are here, they're not like easily accessible to mm-hmm. the public, right? Yeah. Like you have to go through like security gates yeah. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't find the barracks, mm-hmm. and I was I knew I was like in the right area. So there's this older Polish man hanging out, mm-hmm. like with his older Polish friends, and I was like, oh, you know, help. help, pointing at his picture in the army barracks, and then he was conversing with his older polish friends and they're like ah they're like okay young lady and then he was like follow me and i was like following this is sounds like an rpg game but um so yeah i was just following like this older man older polish man and then we were like looking around knocking on doors and having no luck and i was like fuck i gotta and like i have to go i have to go in like seriously three hours i have to catch a flight you know, back to, I have to catch a flight to Germany. Mm -hmm. So then finally we make it, we find the barracks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And yeah. And I was like pretty stressed. And then, um, they were all speaking Polish. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Right. Wow. That's, um, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. Like, (laughs) you are stronger than most. (laughs) And then, and then Wojciech comes down. Really? And then he was like. Shocked. He was shocked and was like so happy. And um, And this had been like years. This had been three years. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 2008 to 
2011. And then he had no idea it was coming. Like, don't you read your old emails? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, and um, we, like, thanked the older man, like, so much. And, you know, and he just, like, kind of, like, left us alone while we were hugging and crying and... Yeah, we went back to his room. I had round two of Polish sausage. Nice. Yeah. It's <laughs> probably better, I hope. <laughs> yeah, but I was kind of like crying at yeah, the same time. Because it was, it was emotional. It was emotional and like really overwhelming. And then um, and I was actually, and it was like weird because I was actually like really tired from my trip no, too. No, stress. Yeah, it was a lot of stress. <laughs> it was a lot I of mean, stress. did you go straight from london to poland like uh so actually to take a step back i went to london then mm -hmm. i stopped because i'm a big depeche mode fan and i stopped by basildon okay which is i think east london i can't remember or west london it's in essex Essex I, sounds like east so then then i went to bristol i partied down with my friends um and then i went to poland and then he's like, okay we gotta get in my car and we gotta go to gdynia and i was like well i'm catching a flight Couple hours. A couple hours, and he's like, "No, it's gonna be a really quick trip. We gotta go." And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, "Okay." And he's like, "I'll take you to the airport, really quick." Yeah, and so we go to Gdynia, mm -hmm. and what is Gdynia? It, it's like the the next city over. Okay. And then it was like, <laughs> it was basically like army ships. <laughs> oh. so, like, this isn't my thing. <laughs> And um, he's like, but you showed me all the places in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like we got ice cream, um, and um, you know, he we was just... showing you what he, like he loved. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like trying to show me a good time, yeah. right? So then he takes me to the airport, and then he was just like taking a lot of pictures of me leaving, and I was taking pictures of him yeah, like, like watching me leave. It was. Yeah, it sounds really self-absorbed yeah. and weird, but we were just sending each other. Meta. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, at, at the end, we ended up sharing the photos and stuff. Um, mm. And then he sends this email, and he was just like, I know it was just, like, such a short time, but it was, like, the most important in my life. Wow. I was like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so he sent that email after I came home. Okay. But before I came home, I went to Germany. You took a pit stop. I did a pit stop and the thing was is I kind of leave this out when I tell friends about him mm -hmm. and but I think especially in context of our conversation about things that have come up about um, my idiosyncratic ways of expressing myself um, yeah. and I think things that a lot of people who have trouble communicating might appreciate that um and anyone who has anxiety or any other kind of mental trips or you know um struggles is that um when i went to germany mm -hmm. he wanted to see pictures of my travels okay. i just put on a happy face in a way but then i was like really sad i was deeply hurting yeah and and I got there and I was I've been wanting to go to Germany for such a long time oh. um, because I didn't get to go when I had lived in England. Mm -hmm. And I went to Frankfurt, uh, Frankfurt, then Berlin. Yeah. 
and um but i was just like so miserable and in yeah. so in, in in so much pain and yeah. um i remember i was in berlin and i think it was the osterlum Oster- i can't pronounce it i'm mm. i'm screwing up it there is this this bridge and this water and and mm-hmm. this is gonna sound weird but yeah. i just i just was i just wanted to like jump off the bridge yeah and to feel something or well or to deal with um and i want to make it clear that like i wasn't trying to kill myself but i just felt like i was in so much pain yeah emotionally yeah that i felt a huge loss Mm -hmm. that i want and then i was taking i was touring and i i was taking these pictures with these monuments and then i just felt like nothing mattered Mm -hmm. and that and that my outside wasn't matching my inside Uh uh-huh and i wanted something to be really real Mm-hmm. Even though I've I've ha- I've developed this resolve, like okay, Wojciech's real, but in a in a sense, it wasn't. It wasn't someone mm-hmm. I would I would be with. I can take home, or I can go home with. And I mean, he said to me before that he thinks if the situation was right, he would have really liked to introduce me to his family and stuff. But okay, that's. That's all I'll say for now. I don't want to yeah, say too yeah. much about um, yeah. our personal correspondence. But he he has said to me that he feels like um, like a really irresponsible person, mm-hmm. um, and that that he wants he would probably not make me happy, and that he wants to see me happy. But then, like I'm really irresponsible too. <laughs> He's trying to protect you. Like, yeah, he wants. Yeah. He he wants me to have some kind of stability. S- yeah, but then he has no idea how crazy I am. <laughs> well, but yeah, yeah, but he sends me pictures of him riding his motorcycle in Russia. Still? Um, not as of recently. Okay, but like mm-hmm. yeah, at the, around that time, like mm-hmm. that's what he would do. He would like send me maps of Russia mm-hmm. and riding his motorcycle in Russia, and it's like fuck. How do you know mm-hmm. I want to do that too? Yeah, you know. And maybe he was trying to put on a face. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. You know, and so I was just really sad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, you know, I just found company in one of the discotheques or the or the clubs. Yeah. You know, I just found whoever, anyone to hang out with just so I wouldn't. In Germany? In Germany. Yeah, just so I wouldn't hurt myself. Or have a moment to or have, Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, the thing is, is just it, it harkens back to his thing of like, be strong, don't do anything stupid and don't cry. And so I didn't want him to worry. And that's why, you know, I sent pictures to him of me smiling and like having a good time. Putting on a face. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to keep up this kind of impression that I think he has of me of mm-hmm. someone who's just happy and carefree and you know that nothing's wrong yeah but at the same time it just feels like not not authentic because I guess 
it's just so easy to form attachments or and interactions with people that are fair weathered and fun. No, okay. he's not fair weathered, but the situation's but, happy. But I feel like Or that you had to be that way. Yeah. He did ask me if this is love. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I ever answered him. The the thing is is I just feel like now in retrospect, I, mm-hmm. I feel like love is love is something that you have with someone who who sees your flaws mm-hmm. and who knows you. And mm-hmm. I kind of like the situation being distant yeah. because there's a type of idealized version of me yeah. that exists out there in someone else's mind. Mm-hmm. And that I feel that if he got to um, know me, eventually things about me about the way I am, the truth will eventually rear its ugly head because there's something about me where I just really can't hide how I am. Well, that's who you are. Yeah, I mean, I just... So I just feel like when he gets to really know me, Mm -hmm. um, I guess there's a huge part of me that's that gets really afraid um, that if that if he finds out and and he gets to know me like really know me that he won't like me which that's a lot of pressure i mean but you guys had been corresponding this whole time, right? Like via email. To or this did, day, like, like while that was going on. So, you worrying about this? You had been speaking to him emails and mail letter. Yeah, but I mean, but, but you weren't vulnerable, maybe, or worried if you were vulnerable. I mean, there's just only so much you want to say on an email. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, when he, if you were to come and visit and just mm. kind of like experience your world, experience my world, the, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that there would be a lot that I'd have to explain. And, but you didn't let him have that chance. Well, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a whirlwind. Yeah. And and it's kind of nice, and it kind of fits my avoidant yeah. attachment style. Do you know what an attachment style is? No. What? Okay, so um, this might be good for our viewers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess going on this Wojciech mm-hmm. t- tangent won't be completely like for nothing. <laughs> um, uh, basically, um, an attachment style... I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing in like psychology um, mm-hmm. where the way in which your caretaker has taken care of you and, and like there's definitely there are attachment styles pretty much. Mm-hmm. So there's secure, oh. there's fearful, mm-hmm. there's um, anxious and avoidant. Mm-hmm. And those are like kind of the main ones. Um. And. And it's kind of like a spectrum and some people can, 
depending on the situation, can have an anxious one for this person and, uh, you know, a fearful one for this person and situation. Um, It just depends. yeah, Yeah, it just depends. Like, for example, like someone can be, can have an anxious attachment style with their co-worker mm-hmm. an avoidant one with their lover mm-hmm. you know and it, it just depends mm-hmm. but i mean it, it i i think because it's not really cut and dry but yeah in general some people can just have an avoidant or anxious personality and so basically if you have a secure attachment style it means when you're young um and in your formative years, throughout your formative years, too, you um, had your needs met by your primary caregivers. Mm-hmm. You like when you cried, people were attentive to you when you needed a blanket or you were hungry, like your needs were met. So people who have been in traumatic situations can sometimes have like an anxious attachment style. I'm, you know, I'm obviously no psychologist or therapist of any kind or like social work or anything. So, you know, kind of bear with me. I'm just kind of trying to remember what I've generally learned. Mm -hmm. Um, So if people were in like abusive situations, they can have like an anxious attachment style where they're just wary Mm-hmm. of their caregivers right yeah. and so people who have and there's fearful i kind of i'm not really fearful so i just i kind of don't really remember that definition so you guys can look it up um you know it's easily googleable um so by taking inventory of of all my interactions and relationships like that's it fits me like mm-hmm. the best, like yeah. the best glove. You know? Well, look at all these examples of you giving the songs. You avoided like the reaction. Oh, um, that makes sense. I mean, well, so, I think I kind of mentioned that I would have loved to like played these in person, but I just, well, I, I guess I could have made opportunities too, but yeah, in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Um, or yeah. you avoided the feeling of it you could be rejected. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I haven't even thought of it that way, but that's interesting that you point that out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely avoided. So, for our listeners who are still wanting to learn that definition, it's basically people who have avoidant attachment styles um were kind of neglected when they were young um by their primary caregivers and they their needs weren't being met and so mm-hmm. they've de- developed this skin to just always fend for themselves and um prevent themselves from being abandoned so they will distance themselves in intimate situations um mm-hmm. and interactions so they can protect themselves from being abandoned and so i'll cut this out if this is like too mm-hmm. too too much mm-hmm. um i'll 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 figure it out um but yeah. I'll, I'll just i'll just say it and you know because mm-hmm. i want to keep the cameras rolling and it's a pain in the ass to sync everything to yeah. stop it and sync it yeah. okay so um yeah you kind of you've known me for forever yeah. and you kind of know my 
family dynamics mm-hmm. <laughs> and things. And um, but I don't know if you like necessarily knew about this. Um, so yeah, when I was one, mm-hmm. um, I was separated from my parents. Mm-hmm. When oh gosh, when I get like anxious, my uh, jaws my, clench. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, oh. for sure. Uh, okay. I'm going to work through this. I can do this. I can do this. Okay. Um, well, I think your mom mentioned why you guys were separated. Yeah. Well, she... Or her version. Her version. And she likes to justify things. And, like, she had to do what she needed to do and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she mm-hmm. feels bad about it. Um, I mean, I don't like, like, feeling like a victim and relying on this reason Mm-hmm. Um, why I'm just so aloof and weird, but it kind of makes everything make sense in a way. I mean, I was separated, especially from her, for like mm-hmm. a couple years when I was one. And then um, I just remember like when le- years later she came to reunite with me and like be with me again, mm-hmm. I was always running away from her like always and yeah. and my dad too but yeah. i remember mostly right. from her. her and i believed i like really believed they weren't my parents wow yeah and i remember being picked up from school mm-hmm. and uh when they were picking me up like not wanting to go in the car wow. and uh back to school night mm-hmm. um and i just felt weirded out Mm-hmm. When I saw them talking to my teacher, yeah, because I was like, "They're not my parents." Who <laughs> were your parents? Just not them. Just not them. I'll find my parents somewhere. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, mm. and I was like a super, super, super quiet kid, like mm-hmm. really quiet. Wow. And I couldn't, um, I couldn't express myself. So when, so when my parents were talking to my teacher. I just, I screamed at the top of my lungs and ran out of the room. Wow. I was literally like, ah, and I ran out. Wow. Yeah. Usually I can kind of segue topics to another topic, but this is like, this is, a, real. This is a weird realm mm-hmm. of, I don't know. So yeah, okay. What we're talking about, avoidance style. So yeah, I have enough evidence. Mm-hmm. To claim, to self-diagnose that I have an avoidant attachment style. Okay. So there we go. Um, And for listeners who are out there, your attachment style affects your relationships that you have as you grow older Mm -hmm. with either your friendships and your um, romantic relationships as well. Yeah, it's basically... Avoidant attachment styles also have a tendency to self-sabotage and and do things that for self-preservation, mm-hmm. as we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and, and I guess to kind of like finish the story with Wojciech, that 2017, I had a boyfriend and he was writing and I was and I had to tell him like, OK, you know, I'm sorry, but like, please don't write me anymore because mm-hmm. I well, one I didn't think I would see him again, like ever again. Yeah. And then two, um, 
even though he was like thousands of miles away, I just didn't want to partake in any kind of derivative of cheating. And yeah. <laughs> so um, even though it's like harmless to, to write and it's not like, you know, the things we were writing to each other were scandalous, mm-hmm. but I just, if I'm with someone, I just want to like make sure my energy is, yeah. is in the right place. Because mm-hmm. um, people, friends would ask me, why uh, how, why don't you guys get married and stuff? Yeah. Even though the, the story is completely crazy. Yeah, yeah. Even though we've exchanged emails forever and we haven't had a lot of physical time together. Mm-hmm. But people were like always convinced. Uh, but yeah, marriage is, is super serious. Even though maybe I like to joke about it with people I'm dating and stuff. Yeah. Not joke about it, but like, oh hey, we're gonna have like three babies or whatever. But no, like mm. honestly, seriously, getting married and having kids is like super serious. I've been a nanny and I've taught kids of all different ages as a teacher and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really serious thing to bring someone into the world. Um and I don't want to do it unless I can do it right and be there for my yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when they're born, I want to fucking be there every day for like the first five years. Yes, because <laughs> well, otherwise they just end up like me. Because you know what could happen. Yeah, yeah. So you're married. Yeah, you're happily married. Yes. And um, what are your? I don't know. You have any comments on from someone who's who's married about? I don't know attachment styles or just the realities of being married well i think like my marriage which um we've been it's about a year and a half so we went through covid together that was fun um but before all of that we had a little it was a intense probably not a good attachment style um like relationship we met in college um it was just a little volatile um I wasn't in a good place. He, we were in different places. We were learning about ourselves. Um, being younger in your early 20s, you don't know who you are. Um, and you might know what you want, but you don't know how you're going to get there. So um, it was a little interesting way to get to where I am now. Because um, we met in 2006-ish. And we married and we were married in 2019. And that was after like seeing each other on again, off again. Um, But I think it was a a big part of our our relationship was learning about who we are by ourselves. So that's kind of um, we had this really like intense relationship. Um in the early like like 2010 or so after college and I wasn't in a good place I wasn't happy I didn't like with myself with myself it wasn't about him um and I took it out on him and I think he wasn't in a place to get married so then we kind of we took a break um and I didn't know if I'd I mean like I always thought we would end up together but I didn't know. Like I mean, I, like I had to put faith that it would happen, 
and um and then we took a break for a couple of years and life happened he went through a lot where i think he realized that um he wanted to like have me back in his life um and realized that we did have something special and he always knew, like in going back he's told me um and when we were together before we got back together when we got married um it was that he always knew we would get married it was just timing and so the t the timing wasn't good at first um so the first like like five or six years that I knew him it wasn't good um, but we were always there for each other. Um, we always um, took care of one each other. One of took care at least um, and touched base. But um, it was just he he lost. He went through a couple losses after we broke up, where he realized what was important in his life, and then um, and then made me feel like I was important. And then I had also taken a transition where I got into yoga. Um, so I started doing self-care and um, getting a job that I was um, feeling good about myself and being able to take care of myself as an adult, which I think is hard to do after in college. And I, like for us, we, um, I graduated when the recession happened, so it was hard to get work. Um, and so I think that was a big part of who am I um, and what am I doing with my life besides like a relationship. And um, so he yeah, he lost um, two very significant people in his life, family members, and in a very short period of time. And I was just there for him. And um, I we had seen other people. And it just worked out, though, like the timing he reached out to me, we started talking, rekindling like that friendship that we had had. That's how we started. We're as friends and um, just having that history um, was really nice. Um, and also the fact that we were able to grow from one another or learn like and so we still like marriage is full of ups and downs um but at the end of the day i have somebody there and when we, we when we get frustrated um we can like take a moment and um talk about it later when we're ready and it's a healthier way than it was in the past but i think it's just when you're younger everything is pure emotion maybe hormones um and trying to figure out who you are as yourself and then figuring out who you are with somebody else um so now we have like it's it's been like this last year has really um been an interesting different year because like now it's the two of us and we have his little brother with us who lives with us so it's been three of us learning how to be a family and a unit and um it's not without its like trials but at the end of the day we all have each other and it's it's really nice and we've all 
you know, have learned from one another and have known each other for so long that um, it's, I feel like it's just helping me be even a better person or like stronger and learn more about who I am um, and what I want to do. And so I think that's been really good. I did before all of this have to like find my own voice, but now I'm finding my own voice still and sharing it with somebody. And then they're supporting me to do what I want to do. So they're helping me because I'm still in like transition with figuring out what in the end, what do I want to do for a living? And he's there for me. So, and his brother and they're just supportive. So marriage, it's been a wild, crazy ride. Um, but I, I'm really grateful that we were able to learn from what, what we had and, um, kind of like rekindle that after some time apart and then um, be where we are today and learn. I mean, I, yeah, I, it's marriage is a little crazy. It's this, it's really good. And then it's like really learn, like you have a lot of learning moments and it's about being selfless. Um, so I think it's just, that's a big growing part for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know where else to go with that. <laughs> no, that was a good like stream of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of flow. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm really grateful for what I've been able to experience. Um, and glad where it ended up and know that there's still a lot of work to happen. You know, like it's an everyday thing and it's always taking care of yourself, which is really hard to do. Um, when you have other people in your life, um, I think as women maybe, or it's just hard to not just be the caregiver, like for other people or, uh, it's like, you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and learning that balance. And I grew up with like my mom who always gave and gave and gave of herself. And so it's, um, like she did, but she also like, but it's learning that it's okay to say, you know what, I need to take care of myself. And that's what's really good about my husband is like, he's like, do you need me time? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, okay. And then, you know, we, we take a moment and then we come back and we're a stronger unit. unit. And so I think that's just really helpful is having that conversation, being able to talk. And it's like being vulnerable. Even to this day, it's I still have to be vulnerable to him. And it is scary, even though we're married, because it's like, I th think I wasn't used to saying how I felt. Like, because if I did, maybe somebody will like, n not appreciate it, or reject it. And then where will I be? you know and so he provides that safe space and then I do the same for him and it's weird because in my head I would always do that so it's like really understanding that he would do the same for me you know and that's a nice place to be mm -hmm. yeah I mean that sounds wonderful and especially when I've kind of known and you witnessed been, i witnessed some very interesting things and of of course um you know it, it was never my place to like interject or say anything but i was like when you guys first started dating i was like "Ooh, this is a little chaotic 
And I've definitely like had my share of chaotic shit. Yeah. But the thing is, like, with me and like my upbringing and stuff, um, if there's any like hint of of anything going haywire, I like nope the fuck out of there like mm-hmm. as fast as I can. Yeah. And just because I don't like any thing reminding me of my childhood yeah. so um uh, i mean as of recently i've kind of learned how to talk about certain things but when it comes to certain issues that that trigger me i just i just i it's it's just so much easier to just leave mm-hmm. um and i just i don't know i feel like it's it's happened with interactions and relationships with people who are not discussed with today, but um, that uh, that I don't know. I guess maybe because I didn't stick around to kind of problem solve with these people, like maybe I might have missed some opportunities. So, yeah, yeah. I don't. It's I. Because I have friends that are always, you know, have told me once they're done with the relationship, they're done. And I think with him, there was always like a chance that there still could be something. And what I drew me to him originally was that he was smart and wanted to like help people learn things. And he would like tutor me in engineering classes. Um, and I, I was like, Oh, he's smart. And like, <laughs> he's cute. And um, he's nice. And so I think that just, always, I don't know. I was like, Oh, smart, cute, nice. Um, but then we chaotic. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, there was something about him that um, I always knew would I mean, the chaos was also partly, it was also me. Like, so it's not like he was the only cause of that. Um, It was me learning about relationships and about boundaries and about taking care of myself. Um, And, and learning what I want to do. Yeah, so I, I think I just... knew at the end of the day if we could if it would all align we'd be fine (laughs) and somehow it did like somehow after a years because so by the time we got engaged it had been like over 10 years so that was over 10 years of knowing each other being friends dating not dating um and yeah so it's just like keep we kept somehow our lives kept crossing whether it be by chance or also just by you know reaching out to one another um so i think that's it's that love is is wild but it's also i think that's what's it sounds boring but i think marriage the nice part about it is just like not having to worry about um like what if or um and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. So it's, and it's, it's kind of the routine is nice and the support of one another. Like, so I think that's what right now, I think we're after all of this COVID stuff is just um, learning what we actually want to do with our lives um, and where we see ourselves 
And then also supporting one another to get to our goals. So I think, and we're on the same page, which is nice. Um, Because I think that's having the same page with like finances, with like goals, with um, careers and so, you know, like, and being able to support one another is really helps make the everything a little easier. Otherwise, it just, there's, there's so many things in life that cause stress that it's nice to have somebody to be able to like bounce ideas off and be supportive and like say you're not being unrealistic I guess yeah so yeah, that's amazing mm, yeah but I mean it's it's not perfect right um but it's but it's really you feel at the end of the day you have somebody that can like knows you almost better than you know yourself or or knows you more than you realize and then can mm. you know say well, yeah like um is this what you mean and you're like yeah okay <laughs> like when nice. like when he knows when i want to have like a moment to myself or like go go do some breathing corinne and oh <laughs> go do, go do some breathing and then um i like he gives me that opportunity and then i know the things he likes and and i give him that chance so being there for each other yeah that's mm. That's great. I mean, uh, um, not that it makes me necessarily different, um, but choosing a, a career in the arts mm-hmm. is is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't find the right words right now because it's a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot, and especially in this economy it's Mm. like not the most financially appealing thing especially someone in my position who's just like moved in with my parents so i can just not have a huge overhead yeah and um i can like dedicate whole days to just working on shit whether it's like the podcast stuff for the band Mm. and you know whatever other artistic ventures because you know, it's very, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not really appealing for um, other people um, who who want to build things with you, who, like, want to know your credit score. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, those are, like, like the grown-up conversations, right? Um, to just, like you were mentioning earlier, to have someone that supports Mm-hmm. your ideas and who doesn't say they're impossible that's really important to me that like mm-hmm. should i have a partner that they would be very supportive of what i'm trying to do like mm-hmm. this is like being creative and the arts is where i find a lot of fulfillment and mm-hmm. i never want to not do it mm-hmm. you know but yeah um that would be like an ideal situation for me to like connect with someone who truly is is supportive of my artistic endeavors i don't think i really have met someone who has been mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah that would be nice um so despite for our, our listeners here mm-hmm. you know you've heard some kind of wild up and down 
anecdotes and maybe some things that might be sad and depressing. (laughs) That's true. Like life stuff. Life stuff, right? But, you know, even though I have this um, avoidant attachment, this, Mm -hmm. this deep worldview that may not be the most optimistic Mm -hmm. I've you know from like years of of therapy self-care and inner work or reflection Mm -hmm. um, I do believe Mm -hmm. everyone is deserving of love Mm -hmm. and I am no exception to that so I mean even when you were saying that's why I really like your story mm-hmm. yeah. that we were saying like things started off chaotic yeah. with you and him. And then there's a period where you didn't talk for like two years. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm <laughs> necessarily want to seek uh, relationships where I don't talk to someone for, for two, two years, years yeah. but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, and, uh, and of course I'm not condoning or encouraging any behaviors necessarily that could be, toxic by any means but um if you find yourself with someone who really cares about you mm-hmm. who will be there through thick and thin and you can kind of grow out of these habits or behaviors yeah. um then it it's very well worth working through them mm-hmm. i mean i'm 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 here i'm I'm lucky I'm able to um, use art, mm-hmm. even though <laughs> I I give my art in very uh, a Unabomber <laughs> avoidant fashion. Um, I still I still have art to cope with, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I hope that's like you have art uh, to express yourself. Yeah, yeah, and um. And luckily, people like this art. Yeah. So, and it comes from me. So people like a part of me, right? Yeah. There, there's something that's salvageable about mm. me that's likable, right? There's a lot likable about you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this has been an amazing conversation, mm-hmm. full of laughs, and mm. a couple tears. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Coco. Coco from San Diego. If you or someone you know is struggling from mental health or substance use, you can call SAM HSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-4375. SAM HSA is a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. This helpline provides 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral and information about mental and substance use disorders, prevention, and recovery in English and Spanish. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and choosing our podcast. It really means a lot. Um, If you want to see more of me with Coco from San Diego, you can watch our pre-show vlog that we streamed live on Twitch using the link up here or the link in the description below our YouTube video. Um, And it'll probably be in our notes too. 
Our next episode will be a rebroadcast of Music Retrospective that will be uncut and include all three parts for your listening convenience so you can get to hear all the fun and embarrassing stories behind the conception of Glass Spirit's songs. Well, that concludes our guest appearances for season one. Um, If you want to see more guests or just more Pepe and Ibra in general, make sure to support our podcast with comments on YouTube videos, feedback on Anchor, and rating and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And another way to support our podcast or our band in general is to please join our Patreon for just $5, $3, or $1 a month. You can help keep us afloat. Our band name, Glass Spirits, is one word spelled G-L-A-S-S-P-I-R-I-T-S. You can find us on most of the social media platforms under Glass Spirits. The music you hear on this episode is our podcast theme song. It's an original song by our band Glass Spirits called Something Unspoken. You can download Something Unspoken from all major retailers or stream it on Spotify. However, for this episode, we want to give you an audio sample of the song Together Lost in a Dream, a song that was mentioned in part two of Music Retrospective. This is an exclusive version that's not available to the public, but will soon be performed by Glass Spirits. Now, I'll leave you to enjoy the song Together Lost in a Dream. I said you my everything, didn't I?